Hey friends, this is Rachel Mitchell, and this is Living on Mission Podcast, the podcast for women who want to live out their faith in all areas of life and not just in the church pew on Sunday. I'm a homeschool mama of two who is building a thriving wellness business from my kitchen table, and I am passionate about discipling my family and other women in their faith. Every day is an adventure that we get to live out with Jesus. So let's go, my friend. I am so excited that you're here. All right, welcome back, you guys, to another episode of Living on Mission. And this is a little bit different of an episode. We're always, always talking about God's Word and just how to apply it in our everyday lives so that we are truly living on mission for Christ. And what is that mission? It is to know Christ Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, to accept Him as your as your your Lord, your leader, your Savior, um, the one who died in the place of yourself because your sins separate you from a holy God. And our God made a way through the person of Jesus Christ. Salvation is simply acknowledging that we are sinners in need of a Savior and accepting that gift that Jesus so freely gave and asking Him to forgive us, to repent and to be Lord of our life. That is what it is to know Christ as Savior and Lord, right? And then living on mission, I believe if we are true followers of Christ, our job and our desire, the hunger of our heart should be to live for him and to make him known unto all the nations. That's what God tells us to do as followers of Christ. And of course, I love to talk a lot about, I love to talk a lot about business and health and family. Those are kind of the three pillars here that that cover this podcast or that, that make up this podcast. That's what I love to talk about. That's a big part of my life. And so we don't necessarily cover a lot of current events. I don't cover a lot of current events. You know, I love to to point you to people like Albert Muller or, you know, Allie Stuckey or people like that. Um, Oh, what is his name? Kirk Cameron. He, those people are doing it really, really well. But just in light of what is happening in the world around us, specifically the nation of Israel, if you are out of the loop or like I was, I was camping when this happened Saturday morning on October the 7th. Actually, it happened on my birthday. But, uh, you know, I wasn't aware immediately of what happened, but the <clears throat> the terrorist group Hamas, uh, rooted in Palestine, attacked the nation of Israel on, on Saturday morning, October 7th. And it was and still is horrific at the time of the recording of this podcast. This airs October 11th, 2023, and it is a horrific, bloody massacre um, filled with lots of horrible, horrible human atrocities happening to God's people, to God's people. You know, God made a covenant with his people through Abraham in the Old Testament. And when God makes a covenant, if you don't know this about God yet, he does not break it. He is a promise-keeping God. It is why he has to punish our sin. It is why that we are lost and dying and going to hell without the person of Jesus Christ because God is who he says he is and God does what he says he is going to do. And so when God made a covenant with his people through the original, original person of Abraham, 
God has continued to honor that covenant and to protect his people. And all it takes, all it takes for you to understand that on a deeper level is to get into the word of God. It's why I'm so passionate about telling you to open the word of God. Don't just open your your daily devotional or your first five app or trust an email that comes into your inbox. Those are great. I send out a Friday devotional email every week and I love to share the word of God with people, but if you are relying on other people to interpret God's word for you, you are absolutely missing out on what it looks like, what it feels like, the experience of walking with the Lord, of hearing directly from him through the Holy Spirit. And so it's really, really important if you are here to live on mission, to grow in your faith, to stop being a baby in your walk with the Lord, you've got to get into the Word of God. And so I won't even go deeper into that. You know I'm passionate about that. You know God tells us to do that. Um, But just open the Word. Open the Word. And everything that I'm going to share with you today has come from me just being in the Word. God has opened my eyes so much just in this year alone to who He is. Is, and also to to the fact that he is who he says he is and what is unfolding in the world around us should not be a surprise to believers if you're reading God's word he tells us these things are going to happen. Read Revelations. He talks about rumors of war and wars that are happening. He tells us that people would attack his people who are the Jewish people. And so being a history nerd, it also excites me to to be able to study this and share it with you. But today, for the purpose of this podcast, um, I really want to, I really want to focus on what will happen to the people who oppose Israel, who are attacking God's people, what will happen to those people, and what will happen to us as America if we don't continue to stand with the nation of Israel. And again, I don't have enough time to go into all of the history, but essentially in 1948, uh, you know, the United Nations and the United States recognized Israel as a nation state for the first time, and that was huge. That was biblical. God, God predicted it in His Word. Um, but since then, we have chosen as a nation to stand with the nation of Israel, and God's God is very clear about what will happen to people who do not who try to oppose his people and and what will happen to them if they go against them. And of course, right now, the people who are opposing Israel are the Palestinians, the Hamas group, a lot of Arabs. Um, it's, it is believed that Iran is part of that. And and so those are the people who will, will face destruction and will face the wrath of God. And as America, we don't want to be looped into, um, into that, that category, right? So I want to talk to you just, I'm going to read from Ezra, Esther, Nehemiah, Zechariah, and then close this out with Psalm 122. And I know it's a lot of scripture, but I'm going to put the references in the show notes and you can go study this on your own. Or if you want to pause this right now and wait until you have time to open God's word and get into it with us. So recently, I just finished reading the chapters of Ezra, Nehemiah. We studied Esther in our Wednesday night group. I'm actually studying Nehemiah with my Sunday school class. And that obviously, I just did a podcast on that. But today, I want to take you to Um, We're going to start in Ezra chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 11 and 12. And just as, uh, just so you've got this in context, what is happening here is this is after 
One of the times that Jerusalem has been destroyed and the people have been exiled, um, God sends Ezra back first to rebuild the temple, and then later he sends Nehemiah to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is God's city. It is a place that he is going to to protect, to redeem, and to restore always. Um, First, the Babylonians oppressed the Jewish people and the city of Jerusalem, then the Persians and the Romans. And we know that all of those nations fell, right? And so in Ezra, Ezra is trying to rebuild the temple, but obviously he is facing opposition from outside people, people who want to oppress the Jewish people, people who know that when God's people are doing and saying or are living the way that he tells them to live, that they are, they are indestructible, right? And so of course, people would try to stop Ezra and Nehemiah from rebuilding because they know that if they're doing what God tells them to do, then they're in the will of God. And that has not worked out well for a lot of people who tried to oppose them. So Ezra's trying to rebuild the temple and he's facing opposition. And he, King Darius, he appeals to King Darius for help. And he basically says, look, look, there are, there are documents that actually say that we have been given the right to rebuild this temple. And if you'll just go and you'll go and you'll find these documents, if you'll look in the royal archives, then you'll see that King Cyrus gave us the gave us the right and the freedom to actually rebuild this temple. And so King Darius goes on a search and he actually finds those documents. He finds those documents from King Cyrus that say, you know, yes, these people have the right and the resources, give them whatever they need to rebuild the temple. I mean, how cool is that all in itself? Okay. So King Darius actually issues another decree on top of that. And that's where I'm going to read to you today. It says Ezra 6 verses 11 and 12. He says, I also issue a decree concerning any man who interferes with this directive. Let a beam be torn from his house and raised up. He will be impaled on it and his house will be made into a garbage dump because of this offense. May the God who caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people who dares to harm or interfere with this house of God in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have issued this decree. Let it be carried out diligently. Okay, so first of all, let me point out that God used someone who was not one of his Jewish people. God used a leader of that time. because Ezra appealed to him, God used this King Darius to actually provide and to make a way for his people to to do what God wanted them to do, which was rebuild the temple. But I really want to draw your attention to the fact that he says, let a beam be torn from his house and raised up he will be impaled upon it. All right, now flip over to Esther chapter 7, verse 10, and we all know the story of Haman. Haman is the the person who tried to annihilate the Jewish people in the book of Esther. And of course, we know that God is not going to let that happen. God is not going to let that happen. He made a promise to Abraham that your descendants would be numerous, as numerous as the stars in the sky. So while, yes, the Jewish people have been oppressed over and over, many have been massacred. You have the Holocaust. You have these, these things that are happening now, but God's not going to let his remnant be destroyed. And so King Darius issued a decree that anyone who tried to oppose the Jewish people and what they were doing would be impaled upon a beam from his own house. Okay. 
And so if you know the story of Haman, he does not, he does not, he's not able to proceed in his plot to kill the Jewish people. But Esther 7.10 says that they hanged Haman on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. And so listen to this. He was not hung with a noose around his neck. In the Old Testament, in Esther's period of time period, to be what that means by he was um, hanged on the gallows, it really actually meant that he was impaled upon a huge beam. Now listen, the beam that Haman had been impaled upon was built by himself. He was built by, it was built by himself. So you could say it was a beam that was torn from his own house and he was impaled upon it. Okay, so King Darius issued that decree that if anybody tried to oppose the Jewish people, that's exactly what would happen to them. Haman, years later, tries to kill the Jewish people and he's impaled upon a beam from his own house. Listen, you guys, God is not messing around. God is not messing around. He is not unclear in what he says will happen to people who oppose his Jewish people who oppose his remnant, all right? So that in and of itself should make us as individuals, but also want our nation to stand with the nation of Israel. They are God's people, all right? Flip with me now to Nehemiah. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 6 um, and verse 9. And so Nehemiah is, is equally facing a lot of the same things that, that Ezra was facing while he was trying to be re rebuild the temple. But Nehemiah this time is just trying to rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem uh, because he knows that's going to provide protection because even then, just like today, people were trying to destroy his people and this city of Jerusalem. And so, um, of course, you know, they, Nehemiah, his people, his group that he was, had put together to build this wall, they were intimidated, they were mocked, they were deceived. Um, so many things were attempted in order to stop them from rebuilding this wall. But Nehemiah says, in Nehemiah 6 verse 9, for they, for they were all trying to intimidate us. Sorry, I can't talk today. For they were all trying to intimidate us saying they will drop their hands from the work and it will never be finished. But now my God strengthen my hands. That was Nehemiah's prayer. Nehemiah's prayer was that regardless, regardless of what people are trying to do to us, regardless of how they are trying to stop us regardless. God, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands for the work that I need to do, that we need to do in order to fulfill your purpose and your plan. And that should be our prayer for the nation of Israel, for the people who are going to their aid, hopefully for America, which I do believe we will. That should be our prayer. Strengthen our hands, God, to stop these oppressors, to stop these people who are seeking to kill your people. All right. And so I love that. I love Nehemiah. It's such a bold and powerful book. All right, next passage we're going to go to, and I know I'm going around to a lot of things, but this is important. Zechariah um, 12 verses 2 through 9. Now, this is a, this is a chapter entitled Judah's Security. Listen, you got to read this. Like, you got to read this passage. Zechariah 12 
verses 2 through 9. It says, Look, I will make Jerusalem a cup that causes staggering for the peoples who surround the city. The siege against Jerusalem will also involve Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who try to lift it will injure themselves severely when all the nations of the earth gather against her. On that day, this is the Lord's declaration. I will strike every horse with panic and its rider with madness. I will keep a watchful eye on the house of Judah, but strike all the horses of the nations with blindness. Those are the nations that come against Jerusalem. Um, then each of the leaders of Judah will think to himself, The residents of Jerusalem are my strength through the Lord of armies, their God. On that day, I will make the leaders of Judah like a fire pot in a wood pile, like a flaming torch among sheaves. They will consume all the peoples around them on the right and the left, while Jerusalem continues to be inhabited on its site in Jerusalem. The Lord will save the tents of Judah first, so that the glory of David's house and the glory of Jerusalem's residents may not be greater than that of Judah. On that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that on that day, the one who is weakest among them will be like David on that day. And the house of Judah will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. On that day, I will set out to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. If there is any doubt in your mind that we should not stand with Jerusalem and the nation of Israel, just do away with it now. Do away with it now. We should be doing everything that we can as a nation to defend God's people. And I believe, I am praying that we will. And you know, I hear so much talk about how Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, you know, hey, he's not a believer or he's not he's not going to stand with with Israel. Listen, instead of all the talk, we should be on our knees praying for this man praying for his advisors, praying for his cabinet, praying for those who are in charge of the military. We should be praying that they will stand with Israel. Look at all of the secular people that God used in the Old Testament. King Cyrus, King Darius, King Artaxerxes. Those were not men of faith. They were not men of God, but God worked through them to protect his people. And I believe that God will work through our administration to stand with Israel. And we should absolutely be on our knees praying for that every single day. Praying for our leaders, praying for Israel, praying for the United States, praying for our families to understand the importance of this beautiful, tiny, tiny little nation that has done unbelievable things through the power of God. And so that's another thing I want to point out is that if you're not talking about this with your family, if you're not showing them these scriptures, these passages, um, and having these discussions with them, it is absolutely time to do that. And so I want to Finish. I want to finish with Psalm 122, and I just want to ask you to pray it with me, all right? Psalm 122. It says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet were standing within your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city should be solidly united where the tribes of the Lord's tribes go up to give thanks to the name of the Lord. 
that this is an ordinance for Israel. There, thrones for judgment are placed, thrones of the house of David. Pray for the well-being of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls, security within your fortresses. Because of my brothers and friends, I will say, may peace be in you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will pursue your prosperity. And that's it. That's it. That, that is what I want to encourage you in. That is what how I want to encourage you to pray for the nation, to pray for our leaders to stand with them, to pray against those who are coming against the nation of Israel. You guys, let's get on our knees. From the Old Testament to now, God's people have been on their knees praying for this nation, and we should stand with them. All right? Have the best day. Next week, I'll be back with more, and I just can't wait to see what God is going to do, even in these horrible, horrible, horrible times that this nation is experiencing. God is bigger. God is greater. He always has been and he always will be.